podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for our Wednesday live show. Um, With uh, everything that's going on on Twitter, I don't actually think anything's going to happen to Twitter, uh, but it it sure has been glitchy. Uh, If Twitter ever dies, uh, the live shows are probably going to die, just because that's how I get the link out to everyone. So, hey, you never know when it might be the last live show but as long as twitter is still rocking as long as the bosco's boys podcast is still rocking we're going to try to have these live shows 7 p.m on wednesday uh actually the last home basketball game of the year versus oklahoma is going to be on a wednesday so we either will have a thursday live show that week or we just won't have one uh we'll we'll wait and see uh, for that one, uh, we should have a lot of fun tonight. Uh, have a, another ranked victory. I believe it's the fifth or sixth ranked victory for Jerome Tang and the Kansas State Wildcats uh, to discuss. Back on that winning, uh, winning, st- um, not winning streak, but on the winning track. We got two big games on the road coming up as well. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun night before I get folks up on stage and start talking to the good boneheads. Uh, you know, you love them. We are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. Not only are they going to have the best Fat Tuesday celebrations in Manhattan, I think they're going to have the best Fat Tuesday celebration in the entire state of Kansas. So if you're in Manhattan, be sure to get into Manhattan Brewing Company on Fat Tuesday. They're going to have some great Cajun food. They're going to have some special release beers, uh, signature cocktails on their fully stocked bar, and it is going to be a grand old time. So if you're in Manhattan, check them out. Very soon, they are going to be distributing to the Kansas City and Lawrence market. So all of our great work telling our local liquor stores in this market to carry Manhattan Brewing Company. It's all going to be paying off. So get in there, check them out. Also, hey, every Tuesday, you can get a dollar off 24-ounce force of Towny Wheat. Every K-State basketball game before, during, and after, a dollar off Tang Party pints. Folks, the place to be is Manhattan Brewing Company. All right, let's get into it. Uh, A lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we have a good topic list. We got a good crew already up here, and I'm sure more folks will be hopping in during the show. Let's start with uh, let's start with Ema Elvis. Ema Elvis, uh, things weren't great. You know, I I, I definitely was not in a great uh, headspace last live show. I definitely was not in a good mood uh, when I talked about that game versus Texas. But man, uh, despite some. Uh, di- times last night versus TCU uh, ended up with a uh, pretty nice victory over another top 20 team. Uh, just give me your overall reaction uh, to that TCU game. If you want to talk about the Texas game, you can. Uh, I just know I don't want to talk about it anymore. Uh, no, that was a sorry game. And uh, this was about as good of a bounce back game as, as K-State could have had, in my opinion. Um, with Keontae only playing 25 minutes, due to fouls, and all three of those were charging fouls, I believe. Still had a pretty solid game with 14 points, seven rebounds. And that lob to Tyke while looking away at Gasson, that was E-Mossum. Marquise had a good night. Two of his three-pointers would be Harlem Globetrotters' four-pointers. That last one was from midcourt at the Powercats' ear. Ridiculous that he makes those. 
the the kid has some range, but you know how pissed would we be if he missed those? And uh, but it wasn't a close game at that point. I don't remember what the first one was, but the last one was just a, a dagger um, that allowed us to run away pretty far from him. Um, for him to win the single or to uh, beat Steve Henson for the single season uh, assist leader in K-State history uh, is a huge deal. Um, Henson's record stood for 35 years, and there is so much season left. How many more can can Marquise get? Um, it's not hard to imagine that he'd get 70 or 80 more assists uh, this season. So his new record could stick around forever. And uh, as far as career assists go, he could be in the top five um, with half the games of those ranked around him. So pretty amazing how he is able to dish the ball the way he does, especially when he's having a good night and uh, or a good, good game. And uh, so he's so much fun to watch. We'll miss him after this season, but um, when he's on, it's fun K-State basketball. Another thing that's fun is there was a lot of green in that K-State purple last night, and I liked it. Um, if Tyke Green can play at that level the rest of the, the season, Cats have a really good shot at, at doing something special here. So fantastic game. Really good defensively um, after TCU got too close for comfort in that second half <laughs> kind of reminded me of the Texas game, uh, but they locked down and ran away with it. So huge rebounding bulge. Uh, they limited TCU's fast break points and they made free throws 83% from the line. That's pretty good. So time to go get the next one. I hear you. Another kind of, it, it would have been a highlight, but Marquise Noel trying to pass it to himself underneath uh the defender's legs that turned into, I believe, his fifth turnover. But uh, he, he has some Harlem Globetrotter in him, you know, with some of the passes, some of those deep shots. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that'll be his uh, career after he has a lucrative overseas career. Uh, but I, I loved I loved some of those highlights from Marquise Noel. Uh, let's go next. To, let's go to Jeff next. Jeff, thoughts on that? Uh, Top 20 victory in Bramlage Coliseum over TC. Hey, Scott. Uh, good victory. Good bounce back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Really a game we had to win uh, with Miles out and Lampkin at best. I don't know. He didn't look very good. Maybe 50%. That's a game you have to win at home, and especially when they were down. So I'm glad we were able to to get that and – really kept them at arm's length the whole game. And then when they got close there at the five-minute mark, I don't know, it was just crazy how you just looked up like three minutes later and we're up double digits, 15, 20 points again. And I don't know how we how we did that. I had to go back and look at the play-by-play and still blew my mind. So I'm glad we were able to get this victory and hopefully get some momentum for some two uh, two road games coming up and, and uh, hopefully get right and – get back to winning ways. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I I was watching the game last night and, you know, I was just, just like everyone, you know, they, they get close and you're starting to spaz out a little bit. And then the next thing you know, you, you just kind of glance over at the score bug and like, holy shit, we're up 15. Like, you know, that happened almost, you know, instantaneously. So I'm glad you pointed that out because I had those exact same feelings. Uh, let's go up to a man who knows his way around some good Cajun food. Uh, that's the coffee fiend, Nick. Nick, uh, thoughts on that win over TCU last night? Yeah. Um, first off, I think I'm going to have to take a day of leave and grab my dad and head to Manhattan for that day because that sounds like a bomb trip to go to. Um, yeah, I was in Oklahoma City last night for work and was able to watch it on – at a bar and there was another fellow K-State Wildcat fan. Uh, so got to watch it together. Um, just some thoughts. I mean, caveat what Emil Elvis said. I mean, Marquise, I mean, he can't get an assist without having people score. So really we got to be able, we got to say thank you to the, all those that scored for him uh, to get the assist. Um, and then just overall, I think we, 
I liked how uh, all the players had said that uh, Coach Tang finally got after him and uh, kind of showed no mercy on, you know, hey, we need to buckle down and get this dub. And I, I just think that we're moving in the right direction at, even after a loss. Um, I'm excited to see what the rest of the schedule is going to be, and uh, let's get to uh, – yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because this was uh, a big part of what I talked about on the show that dropped on Monday. I, I think that the fact that Jerome Tang was so pissed off uh, about that Texas game, the fact that I think for the first time maybe in the Jerome Tang era, fans were really pissed off. Um, I thought that that actually was a positive. Now, losing that sort of game, uh, in the manner that we did, no, that is not good. But I think the reaction, not only from Jerome Tang, not only from the players, but from large portions of this fan base really said, hey, we have turned a corner and it's enough of we're picked to finish, enough of, okay, let's just go dancing. And, and I do truly think it was the turning of a corner to truly have top, bottom down culture change. So I'm glad you mentioned that, Nick. So. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's go next to uh, let's go to uh, Coley Dub. Coley Dub, uh, what what do you got for him? Man, I'm just I was so happy for my guy Taiki. Like he just kept, yeah, I don't know, just you know, was doing all the small stuff that he normally does, and then he just in that run they had, he just kept getting dunks and little putbacks and getting buckets. It was just awesome. I was so so excited for him. Um, was been waiting for the Taiki Green, Taiki, yeah, God, Taiki Green, Green game all season. Um, it's just good to see, good to get a nice bounce back win like that. Uh, personally, I wish they would won by twenty points. Then I want to cash in a little more money than I did last night, but I'll I'll take that twenty one point dub over a ranked opponent any any. Yeah, I hear you. I think Taiki Green had four dunks, should have had five. Uh, but I, I wonder what we, we might have to task uh, Jimmy uh, to see if he can find this. I wonder what the most uh, successful dunks in a regular season game at K-State are. I, I would imagine four in one game is pretty high. Uh, let's go next to – let's go to Colorado Cole next out in the Rockies. Uh, Colorado Cole, what would you think about that 21-point ranked – 21-point win over the number 17th ranked TCU Horn Frogs. Yeah, you know, it was great to see the boys bounce back. Um, <clears throat> you know, that Texas game felt like it stung quite a bit. We felt like it was, you know, kind of in our grasp, and uh, Texas just came out with more energy in the second half. Um, but, you know, let's not discredit how good Texas is. You know, they're a really good team, so we should have won that one, but – uh, you know, not the end of the world. Um, but it was great to see us come out, even though it felt like the beginning of that TCU game was kind of ugly and low scoring. I just felt like there was a much greater energy on the court. Um, and I just felt pretty confident we were going to win based off of, it just seemed like we were playing with more energy than TCU was the whole game. Um, I feel like, that energy kind of, we kind of pieced it together with actually putting together some really good basketball there at the end of the game. I mean, to end that on a 17-2 run after TCU is starting to, you know, nip at your heels a little bit, it was great to see him kick it in gear right in time. Um, It was great to see Keontae kind of shake some of that frustration off um towards the end of that game it seemed like he was really I don't want to say relieved but happy that he was um seeing some shots go in and really playing with some flow uh so hopefully that'll carry over to our next game uh overall cannot be cannot say really anything negative about those results um and I think we probably saw maybe our best four minute stretch of basketball from this team at the end of that game. Yeah, I would agree with you. And uh, I I liked your comment about Keontae, despite him never really getting into rhythm, despite him only getting 
25 minutes, ended up with 14 and seven. Uh, I think it just says a lot to the quality of player he is. And I agree. I think that was probably the best four minute stretch of basketball we've seen uh, so far this year. We'll go Hayes, then we'll go Will, and then we'll go Callie Mike. Hayes, I uh, were there in the student section. What was it like? And, uh, you know, if you want to add any commentary, it sounds like uh, Keontae and Eddie Lampkin got into it at the end of the game as well. Uh, what, what was going on after the buzzer sound? I can't say I saw much after the buzzer. I I kind of saw it. Um, I don't know if you can even call it a scuffle in the coach's line. And I think it was Keontae and Emmanuel Miller maybe jawing at each other. Um right before the buzzer and then Keontae just turn around to get in the student section and get loud. Um, so I didn't see a whole lot of that. I was still trying to kind of figure out what had been going on. Um, but that, that game was fun. It was nice to uh, finally not have cardiac cats. I think that's the first game of the entire big 12 slate that hasn't come down to like one of the last possessions. Um, so that was great. Uh, Hope added a couple years back on my life that this year is taken away, and I hope that we can build on the end of that game. Yeah, you know, uh, you said that, and, and I'm kind of going back, and you know, we ended up winning by ten. You know, at home versus Texas Tech, uh, kind of went on a run at the end of that one. Uh, the Texas game that that one wasn't, you know, that was thirteen points. Uh, but you're right. Like uh, the biggest blowouts have, have been losses for us, uh, which I don't really want to talk about. But you know, it has been a cardiac cat type season. So I'm right there with you. It, it was nice to just put put the foot on the throat after uh, they tried to make it close. Uh, let's go, Will. Then we'll go, Callie, Mike. Will, uh, let's test out that uh, bad reception. All right, we'll give it a go. Um, overall, I mean. Like like everyone else has said, you couldn't have re- – I mean, you can get picky and probably talk about the turnovers, but it was still a lot less than what we saw in Texas. And and I hope that we're seeing an upward trend in that. And rebounding was, was better as well. Um, but what was astonishing to me was how both Tyke and, and Desi Steels stepped up and um, really ran it. You know, they played phenomenal. Um, I can't really – I don't have any bad critiques on either of them per se. Um, with Keontae having the troubles, uh, you know, because apparently nobody can stop him so, except for the refs. But, um, yeah, it was a huge improvement. Um, I'm, I'm not going to talk about the Texas game because I'm still sad about that. But um, hopefully we just keep in that upward. Uh, tr- yeah, I, I'll say this about the turnovers. The overall number doesn't bother me, uh, but the fact that, like, I think – uh, 10 or 12 of them uh, came from Keontae and Marquise Noel. Obviously, your high-usage players are going to uh, be at risk of more turnovers. Uh, but I tell you what, if they could if they could both cut it down to two or three instead of, you know, four or five, I think that would go a long way. But all in all, I'm right there with you, Will. Uh, let's go to Callie Mike next, and then uh, we'll kind of move on to talk about the road tilts with Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Callie, Mike, uh, just thoughts on that, uh, you know, 21-point win over number 17 TCU. Uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, I really I enjoyed the game. It was, you know, I, I think people probably already said it. I was a little late, but um, it was a sloppy game for the most part. And, you know, towards the end there, really, in that last four minutes was – uh, really what you'd like to see from this team and what they're capable of. I think, you know, with a win like that, you get to start dissecting a little bit more. And I think the big question is, you know, the announcers had said it on the broadcast that the scouting report for Keontae um, is indicating something to the opposing teams about getting him in these situations where he gets these early fouls. And, you know, that's probably the truth with this happening the last three games. Um, and then you have to ask, like, with Keontae getting into trouble early and having to sit out, is that what's affecting Marquise and him feeling like he has to push a little harder and probably pushing too hard? Um, 
And, you know, is it that obvious? I don't know. I don't know these things, but the game was awesome. Um, Coach Tang's after game press conference was amazing. Just him talking about the scout team and the future players that we have coming on. So I'm pumped. I hear you. And now it's time to go on a two game road swing uh, at Texas tech and then at uh, Norman uh, to face the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, We'll we'll talk about this maybe in a little bit, but uh, we don't know what the big 12 schedule uh, for basketball is going to look like next year. This could be the last ever uh, trip to Floyd Noble, the Floyd Noble Center. I think that's what it's named. Whatever. Could be the last basketball trip to Norman. Uh, so, so let's hear it. What, what are you guys' predictions for this uh, two-game road swing? And then beyond just the final score, what are you hoping to see uh, from the road dog cats of Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas State University uh, at Texas Tech and at Oklahoma? Let's start with Ema Elvis. Well, I don't think any road game in the Big 12 is is going to be easy. Um, anybody can win on any night. And you think back to that game where Alabama, second in the country, goes to Oklahoma and just gets crushed. Everything Oklahoma did went right. Uh, they, they could have a night like that. So the Cats just have to play their game and not Oklahoma's game. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be onward and upward for, for the Cats, uh, remembering the TCU game and what they did to win that and how they hung in there uh, and then ran away uh, once it got close again. So uh, I, I predict that K-State will, will win at Oklahoma. Um, the TCU game, that one will be tough, too. It was tough in Manhattan against TCU. I mean, uh, Texas. Texas Tech. Yep. You're good. Uh, against Tech, that was a tough game at home. And it'll be tough down there in Lubbock. Um, I don't know if Tech, at this point of the season, has a lot to live for. Um, but they might just be playing for pride. And you know that they would love to knock off a ranked team in their place. So, a couple of tough ones ahead, but I predict the Cats will be road dogs and get a couple. I love it. Let's go to Jeff next. Jeff, uh, you know, if if this team has aspirations of, you know, playing for a Big 12 title down to the final few weeks, I think you probably need to grab both these road wins. Uh, what are your thoughts and what are you hoping? To- Agree 100%. These are two games that, yeah, they're going to be tough, but You've got to get them, and I think Tech has some injuries uh, going right now, so you've got to take Correct. that. Correct. And I don't know where their mindset is, but you know, you've got you. Yeah, you got to get these um, if you want to get uh, to be the one seed. So, and I'd like to see us come out in both these games and and set the tone early. You know, get up seven to 10 points and, you know, enforce our, you know, put our will on this team, on these teams and, and we're the better team. So let's show it and, you know, get out of there with a couple wins and, and get that momentum, you know, to some tougher uh, opponents at home and set us up for uh, pushing to try and get to be the top, top dog in the big 12. Oh, and it is Lloyd Noble Center, not Floyd. Oh, yeah, well, whatever. I, mean, I Thank you for correcting me. I mean, it's it's probably, again, it's one of the handful. Well, I, I've been to about half the basketball arenas. I've been there. It's, it's one of the worst arenas I've ever been to. There's better high school basketball arenas in the, in the state of Kansas. Uh, so I, I will not miss seeing that stadium in the Big 12. Um, and then again, uh, can you imagine how lit that Iowa state game on a Saturday is going to be, if we can get these next two, uh, folks, that could be a big one. Uh, let's go to Hayes next Hayes, uh, predictions. And what are you looking to see out of these, uh, road tilts in Lubbock and Norman? I know every game on the road in this conference isn't easy, but we have to go two and zero in these two. And I think we will, um, 
And if we don't, we don't deserve to win the Big 12, and that's okay. It's a really good conference. We can set our sights on March. But um, we absolutely should win these two. Um, a banged-up Texas Tech team that's already won a nine in conference, and then an OU team that was looking hopeful but looks to have been a one-hit wonder against Bama. Um, so, yeah, we should get through these both of these 2-0. and and then roll into uh, Iowa State in the Octagon of Doom with tickets going for like $500 right now. So that, that one will definitely. Yeah, I, I hear you. That that could be, I mean, it, it could rival the KU game. If we take care of business in the next two, I mean, it could be one of uh, truly an all-time type atmosphere in Bramlage Coliseum on that Saturday. Um, let's go next. Uh, let's go to Colorado Cole. Colorado Cole, what are you looking for in these uh, next two? Are they going to get both of them? And then, uh, you know, any keys for these road games? Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you want to be seen seriously as a contender for the conference title, these are two must-win games. Um, two bottom-half teams in the conference – that, uh, you know, these are the games that whoever wins the conference, they're going to be the team that wins these games, like these ones uh, against the middle and bottom of the conference consistently. Um, and I think uh, we've got a lot of momentum right now, so I am predicting us going 2-0 and in these ones. Um, I think these guys, you know, they got a lot of uh, – a lot of spotlight in kind of a short amount of time. Like they just exploded uh, in the media. I'm thinking now we're kind of back focused on just playing some basketball and winning games. Um, and I think one thing that I'm going to be looking for is I like to see us uh, play our game and kind of determine how this game is going to be played. We're going to be, we're going to play at our pace um, and put them out of their comfort zone. I feel like we should be doing that uh, against teams that are worse than us, and uh, these are two teams that are worse than us. So I'd like to see us uh, control the game and, you know, maybe get the get a nice up-tempo going, get them out of their comfort zone. I love it. It will be the first time we see Oklahoma this year as well. Uh, that will be a week from uh, – I guess yesterday, so it'll be next Tuesday. Uh, let's go to Callie Mike, then we'll go to Coley Dub. Callie Mike, a prediction for the next two, and uh, you know what? Do you, what do the Cats need to do? Where are you going to be looking for them to uh, do on the road? I, um, I'm going to say we're going to go two and zero. That's where I've been going this entire season, and I know it hasn't panned out that way, but. I totally agree with what Cole said. Like there's this interim period where we got a lot of press and maybe the team lost a little bit of the focus, maybe thinking they're a little hotter than they could be at times. Um, But I think they're back down to earth now and they realize what needs to be done. And all of the big ups um, that we could have hit down the stretch, I think they hit, in the middle period of the schedule, the big 12 schedule here. And so they know where the pitfalls are, the major ones are. So we can make those corrections and um, really just hit our stride moving forward. Um, so I'm thinking two and zero. Oklahoma is my biggest worry just because we haven't seen them and they took it to Alabama. But honestly, that's more an indication of how strong the big 12 is against the sec than anything else. Um, so I think we're going to, we're going to go two and zero. I love to hear it. We'll go Coley Dub, then Will Coley Dub. Uh, prediction for the next two. Um, I'm thinking they're going to go two and zero. You know, and it's you know this is the part of our schedule where they really need to take control of it and make sure they win the games they should. And and you know the next two opponents are, not I say lesser competition, but they're I mean they're not as good. In case they should win these games, should be favored. Um. 
So I just hope they can go out and, you know, go 2-0 and, like you said, build up that momentum and hype for that Iowa State game. Uh, what I'd like to see is I'd really like to see more from the bench, like have them be consistent again. Um, mainly um, Desi Seals and Taiki Green. It'd be awesome to see if they can keep that confidence from the game they had last night and just kind of keep it rolling into these next couple games. I love it. We'll go Will, and then we'll go to the ambassador after that. Will, uh, mass, massive road games if you want high seeds, if you want uh, a shot to be collecting a trophy uh, that first weekend in March. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in Lubbock? And North- massive is an understatement. Um, they, uh, I was looking at the ESPN analytics, and it's great. I mean, granted, they usually don't show as much love anyways, but – with those two teams, it's almost 50-50. I think that both are barely favored. But I uh, I want to agree with I agree with Callie Mike. Um, hopefully, you know they're grounded now. They kind of had a a dose of uh, humble and starting to go back to the basics. Um, not look, you know, not doing the stupid stuff. But I am fully confident that they can go two and zero in these next two games. Um, yeah, that's right. I love it. Let's go next to the ambassador, Ethan. Ethan, uh, the boys are on the road. They will not have you, uh, right behind them cheering them on. Uh, so are they going to be able to get it done on the road? Um, they should, they should be able to get it done on the road. We've had our toughest battles and we're, we're gotta, we gotta get hot for March cause it's already February. And um, we're going to get it done by, um, I think somebody already said it, but Tyke Green's going to have that green light on him. And then uh, David Gasson's back. David and our boys, if you know. I hear you. And, and honestly, if we, if we get these next two, we'll, we'll truly be in the mix to be possibly one of these answers. And, uh, I'm interested, you know, as, as we're sitting here with, uh, what, a handful of games left in uh, February, and then everyone will have two in March. Who is going to win the Big 12? Is it going to be shared? Who's going to be putting up new banners? Who's going to be putting up new trophies? Texas, currently a game up on uh, most of the contenders. Iowa State's a half game back, but currently, as we're recording, down three at West Virginia. They were down as many as uh, 14 in the first half. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Like I said, Texas is a game up on the University of Kansas. K-State, Baylor, if they win tonight, two games up on TCU and two and a half games up on Oklahoma State, uh, who low-key has been pretty hot the last few weeks. Uh, So let's go to Jeff first. Jeff. What is your prediction? Is it going to be shared? Who's going to be cutting down some nets? Who's going to have some new hardware? What do you think is going to happen in the Big 12? That's interesting you asked that because I was just on the – there's a website out there where you can input the who's going to win what games. It'll spit out the standings. The red and and yellow one? Yeah, the Emirates. It's a state fan. Yeah, Uh, but I love – I mess with that. Uh, basically in February every single year. I love yeah. that. Yeah, now's the time to start because any earlier it's overwhelming. But honestly, I was—I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I think, I don't know, the several iterations I did, I, I just came up with Texas winning in a bunch. So I'm going to kind of lean with that. Um, I got some... I mean, looking forward to K-State. There's a couple games out there that I'm really worried about um, that uh, I think we might drop. But I, I did not have any shared titles. So, I don't know. I just had I had Texas pulling away with it there at the end with, like, I think four, four or five losses, I think. So, um, that that's what I came up with today in a bunch of scenarios I was just – Awesome. Let's go next to Ema Elvis. Ema Elvis, uh, obviously, you know, when Texas was able to pull off that win in Bramlage, I, I think that they really put themselves in that driver's seat 
Uh, do you have Texas winning it, or is it going to be shared? Who who might be sharing it with them? What, what say? I have the Cats in a tie with Texas. Um, win the tiebreaker, I suppose, for the one seed in the Big 12 tournament, if it's based on uh, point differential. Um, we beat them by 10 in Austin. They beat us by three in Manhattan, so that's a plus 10 for K-State. Uh, I don't know if that's how it works, but that's who I'd give it to. Uh, <laughs> K-State has the best schedule, or the most favorable, I should say, schedule, I think, of the ranked teams um, and the team, the teams at the top of the Big 12. So I think K-State is going to do this. And whether they have Texas there to have us hold their hand or not, I don't know. But that's kind of what I have in my vision. I'll take whatever gets a, a trophy in the trophy case. I don't care who we share it with. Uh, we'll go to Connor Baltazar, one half of the Aggieville Alley Cats, my favorite K-State podcast. Uh, Connor, what say you? Uh, and you can give a prediction for the next two road games if you want. I, I can't remember if I uh, accidentally skipped over you on that one. But uh, who's going to have uh, some new Big 12 trophies in the trophy case? And uh, if you want to give a prediction for the next two, go ahead. Uh, first, he did not skip over me. I was not here uh, for that. I literally just got here a few months ago. So um, I think for – well, I guess I'll start with the uh, next two games. Um, I think that we get the dub um, at Tech, and then I also think that we'll move on and then also get the dub at OU. Uh, I don't think either of them are going to be uh, – easy games. I think that we're both going to be biting our fingernails and come away frustrated with those. But at the end of the day, a road dub is a road dub in the big 12. So it's hard to complain that much. Uh, as to who wins the big 12, I really have no idea. I, I'm inclined to say Texas just because of what a great spot they're in. Thanks to us. Uh, but it really could be anybody in that like top four or five right now, but I don't know. I, I've got a feeling that KU is going to find a way. They generally do. I know this is one of their weaker teams in a long time, but I like they, they just seem to always find a way and they always play their best basketball at the end of the season. So I hate saying that, but there, there's a pretty solid chance it'll end up being KU. Let's go next to Callie Mike. Callie Mike, what do you have? Um, I have this feeling that K-State is going to be uh, winning the title shared or not. Um, it, you know, I can't tell you what that's going to be, but I do think that we are going to be big 12 champs and there's going to be a t-shirt for football and basketball in the same. And three could be on the table because, you know, we, we might just have a salty uh, women's track and field team. Uh, so keep an eye on that. We'll go to Coley Dub next. Coley Dub, who's going to be bringing home some Big 12 hardware? Well, it's got to be the Cats, of, of course. Um, I don't know. I really think, you know, those, that little losing streak they went in, I think that really, <clears throat> I mean, weird enough, I think it'll kind of help them in the long run. I think it really kind of, uh, kind of got the team's mind right, and I think the staff also – took a large part in those losses as far as what they've said themselves. Um, So I think the team's just ready to do it. They're ready to fight their asses off these last, you know, half a month of basketball and they're going to get a get some dubs and I'll probably say share the conference title. I would hate for it to be with Texas. Just because, you know, after those guys, Um, and I'll probably like, uh, I think Connor said, KU always seems to find a way to play their best basketball when it really matters. And so I'll say maybe a shared title with OK. Let's go next to the ambassador, Ethan. Ethan, who's going to win the Big 12? So as the ambassador, I got to say the Cats. Um, and then we'll probably run it back with with Michaela Bridge, Jarrell Colbert. But uh, my, my phrase for this month is ABBI and not the American Bucking Bulls Incorporated. No, anyone but – anybody but Iowa State. 
I actually probably agree with you. I don't want to see Texas win it, but I, I think uh, Iowa State would be the worst-case scenario. Currently down six at West Virginia, down seven at West Virginia. So hopefully the Mountaineers can win this one and Iowa State falls back uh, a game back of Texas. Let's go to Hayes next. Hayes, what's your prediction? I think um, that Texas is probably in the driver's seat even after <clears throat> what happened Monday. I <clears throat> I happened to be in the building for that and still went away thinking that Texas was the better team um, than KU. But <clears throat> I think that Texas is going to get a share probably at 12-6. and six. And the winner of our matchup with Baylor in Bramwich in, I think, late February, <clears throat> I think that's going to be the battle of who gets to share it with them. Because I think Baylor is a team that nobody's talking about nearly enough. They, uh, they've been playing on par with the best of the conference lately, and they just got back um, one of their best players in Jonathan uh, Chomwachachua. So I could definitely see them returning to form and – uh, coming from behind to tie this league. Yeah, they, they do have the best backcourt in the Big 12, and I, I think that game is two weeks uh, from yesterday. So uh, that, that'll that be a big win in Bramlage Coliseum. Uh, let's go next to Will the Thrill. Will the Thrill, who is, uh, who's going to bring home some Big 12 hardware? I was looking through the schedules, and, uh, I mean, we know that we have one of the more favorable ones. We went through our gauntlet. But Texas's isn't that bad either. They do finish with Baylor. Um, so I was looking through, and I think that that's probably going to be one of the games that they're more, they more have one of the most chances of dropping. Um, so I, I would say that Texas is probably one of the front runners. But I'm good for S's and G's, I'm going to say a three way tie with us. Kansas and Texas. There you go. Uh, Iowa State now within one. There's still lots of time left in that game at West Virginia. Uh, and that, that's a massive one. If, if Iowa State ends up winning that one on the road, uh, they're then tied with Texas. Anyone who's listening to this on release day instead of live, you'll already know the outcome of that one. Let's go to Colorado Cole, and then we'll finish this one with Zach. Uh, Colorado Cole. Uh, Who's going to win the big? Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be shared this year. Um, and it's it's a tough prediction. I mean, I think you got four or five teams that can really make a run for it. I do like our remaining schedule. I think it's probably the most favorable of anyone in the conference. And our two toughest games are at home. Um, so I have a lot of W's on our remaining schedule. Uh, obviously everyone else has said it. Texas is sitting in a good spot right now, picking off a win, uh, in Manhattan on Saturday. Um, but they do have a very tough stretch. Their last four games are Iowa state, Baylor, TCU, and KU. And I'm going to assume, Around that time, TCU is going to be looking a little bit different than they were last night. Um, but I think it's definitely going to be shared. And I think if it is going to be something shared, I'm hoping it's something wild, like a three-way tie or something, not just two. That's kind of boring. It, it would be wild. I, I, what Like what? Like a few weeks ago, Ken Palm had it projected like a six-way tie to eleven and seven. That would have been wild. Uh, let's go to Zach next. Zach, uh, who's going to win the? Um. So I haven't had a chance. This is timeout. This is the loudest you've ever been, and I love it. So thank. Good. Um. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to really look through everybody's remaining schedules. So, I mean, I you know, the number I could put out here could be not really logical. But I think that Baylor is the best team in the conference with a healthy Jonathan Tomachachua, but he's not back to 100%. And I don't know if he will be this season. So I think they're probably going to drop a couple. I would say if he was healthy fully, I would say they could even run the table. Um, 
Otherwise, I think I'm going to go with Texas probably finishing on top and then us coming in with at 12 and 6. Uh, I hate to be that guy, but I think that going to be some games where we turn the ball over a little too much to finish out the year. Yeah, I, I think that's honestly, if I had to put money on it, that's probably where I'd be as well. Uh, we got Ace Edwards, the other half of my favorite K-State podcast, the Aggieville Alley Cats. It's been a while since we've had both the Alley Cats in here. Uh, Ace, the question we have is, uh, who's going to win the big? T- uh, shit. I, that's actually a really good question. Uh, if I, if I had to venture a guess right now, I just think like, you know, Zach makes uh, makes an excellent argument with Baylor being the most complete roster. Uh, but I don't know why the gut feeling for me is Texas somehow winning the conference. And believe me, that is probably the worst possible outcome that I could possibly think of, but it's just a, it's a gut feeling for me, but Baylor's probably the second best option. I do think that K-State ends up tied for second somehow. Yeah. I, uh, in my heart of hearts, I, and this is a bad Big 12 person. Me, I, I think I'd rather have Texas win it than Iowa State, who is now up at West Virginia. If anyone's listening live, uh, that game still 11 minutes left. Iowa State's on an 8-0 run. Uh, that game will probably still be going for a while. Oh, and West Virginia just took the lead. Love it. All right, people don't need to hear my play-by-play. Uh, what people did listen to, I had I, I put it on Twitter and then I had a episode that at least half of it dedicated towards uh, my uh, opinions on, uh, and then Iowa State just hit a three. Now they're up one. Uh, on, on what the Big 12 can do scheduling-wise uh, that A, would, would make it so I don't think we have to add Gonzaga. B, it would give uh, some good stuff to the TV partners and see it would stroke Brett Yormark's ego a little bit. Uh, I had a lot of fun coming up with those ideas. I just want to give you guys any ideas. It can be whatever you want. It can be uh, specifically big 12 uh, scheduling. It can be different challenges. It can be different events. It can be move the big 12 tournament to the moon. It can be whatever you want, uh, but we have no idea what the, schedule is going to look like we don't know what the future of big 12 basketball is going to look like so this is your time to just kind of get your your uh, ideas out there uh you can be as creative or as vanilla as you would want uh let's just hear it um let's start off with connor balthazor uh first connor uh you know if, if you're advising brett yormark in how to create big 12 scheduling uh, stuff in the future what's some ideas you would you'd come up with? well selfishly i really want the big 12 tournament to stay in kansas city because i think it's super cool that it's there and going to games uh just in downtown kc super fun i was at the nebraska game as you know uh so selfishly i would do that even though there's a pretty convincing argument that maybe putting it somewhere else or rotating it would be uh, a really good move for the Big 12, but I'm not super plugged into how that's going or, like, how much better it would be for the conference to have the tournament, like, some huge venue. But I don't know. I, I wish there was a way to keep round robin available, but I don't really have some grand idea for Big 12 scheduling uh, that I think really would, like, shake things up. Uh, so, the main thing I would say is just protect regional rivalries and try not to screw it up that badly and make sure that everybody's like playing all the other teams with like general amount of regularity. And I, I really have nothing else creative to add to that, honestly. I mean, you could go for a 22 game uh, conference schedule for double round Robin still. I mean, that would be brutal. I mean, oh I mean you know, I, I don't, I don't think there'd be any room for any challenges or any marquee non-con games if you're playing 22 big 12 teams, but uh, you know, it could happen. Uh, we'll go to Cali Mike next. Cali Mike, uh, I had my ideas for a couple different challenges, some uh, different things to create some tent pole 
events. Uh, what, what's something you'd like to see in the future of Big 12 basketball? Well, I would say selfishly, just to get all the Big 12 teams some easy wins and some games for me to go to, let's do a Pac-12 Big 12 challenge to replace the uh, Big 12 SEC challenge. Honestly, the Big 12 SEC challenge should probably continue on. I know all the coaches were saying that they hate it um, because it, like, interrupts the flow. Uh, But, you know, I uh, I felt like it was a pretty exciting event. Uh, most of the time so continue the the interconference challenges um but uh the only other idea is just you know make every conference game for k-state a home game because bramlage is the best spot in all the country that that would be funny uh k-state plays all you know 18 conference games at home i I like that idea cali mike uh we'll go to coley dub next Coley Dub, uh, what would you like to see in the future of Big 12 basketball schedule? Man, I honestly have no idea. I haven't given this any thought. Um, I don't know. Um, I would just like to listen to all you guys' ideas because I'm sorry I have no. That's fine. And if people want to pass, uh, you know, if there's enough time, I'll come up with something off the wall, random, rapid fire to end the show. Um, so if if people would rather do that, just say pass and we'll, we'll get through it. But Ethan, do you have any ideas or do you want to pass and put me on the uh, uh, you know spot to come up with something rapid fire to end? As, as much as I'd love to see that, I actually do have an idea. Um, I'd love to see what I call the gauntlet because we are, the Big 12 is like obviously the best conference ever in the country the past five years. So what I propose is that we have a – 22 conference tournament. Um, we play everyone 22, like, you know, 22 game conference tournament style. And whoever the, um, you know, pretty much if you win the, if you win the tournament challenge, the gauntlet, as I call it, um, you get an auto to the lead eight. And if you lose in the first round of the, of the tournament, you uh, automatically have to play in one of the first four games. And um, then you're, and you don't get to play the rest of the season, so you come in cold. Whoa, that that would be wild. That would be wild. I, I like I like that, Ethan. Uh, we'll go to Ema Elvis next. Uh, that is Gladiator. Okay, I was trying to divide fourteen teams with Texas and OU still hanging around um, into pods where you protect rivalries and I would love to see the old big eight stay together with K state, K state, Oklahoma state. Um, but I, I think if you were in a, a pod type system, you'd, you'd have to include at least one of the new teams, uh, in each pod. OU and Texas would have their own pod and then they have to play the top like the NFL does where <laughs> you, if you, uh, uh, you ha- if you're good, you have to play, the best schedule the next year. Well, OU and Texas have to play the best schedule no matter what. Uh, I'd like to see that. And then when they're out, then you still have your pods intact in uh, if OU and Texas are dangling out there by themselves. Um, I, I like the idea of playing more of the challenges in the uh, non-conference uh, with other uh, Power Six uh, conferences. I think that's a, a – always kind of a, adds a little bit of excitement to the non-conference schedule. Um, and I'm not saying play it in the middle of the Big 12 season, but that that is, you know, it did feel like a little bit of a break to play Florida this year in the middle of all that. So I, I don't know. I don't have many answers, and math hurts my head, so I can't divide 14 teams into even pods. Nah, well, well, don't worry about that. Uh, maybe uh, once we're down to 12, we can readjust and uh, take a look at that. We'll go to Hayes next. Hayes, what do you want to see or what, what sort of creative ideas do you I don't have much new. I want to see the Big Ten, Big 12 challenge. Um, I kind of liked your idea of like the marathon. I don't know if I'd put it on the first day. That kind of seems like something more fit for maybe a Big East challenge. Um, but it'd be nice either in the time we have the SEC usually or uh, maybe like early December. 
And uh, I won't argue with you on it here. I am one that would like Gonzaga. So I I don't have anything uh, to satisfy Brett's ego outside of that. But um, And then as far as Big 12 tournament, <clears throat> selfishly I'd like it in KC because I will probably live there for the foreseeable future. But I think it would make sense to jump around to um, – Maybe like wherever the Thunder play, and then Dallas. Um, I just I'd like it not to move out east or somewhere out of market for the whole conference. I hear you there. We'll go to Will next. Will the thrill? Uh, what uh, ideas, if any, do you have? Uh, I was going to echo what Emal Elvis said. Try to do with pods, um, and then also this is just me spitballing, but. Uh, try to do like a mix between an invitational and a challenge where it's like big 12 versus everybody. And um, when you, you set that up in advance so that your higher caliber teams are playing the higher caliber invited teams, and then your lower ones are on the lower, um, try to match them up as evenly as possible. And um, so I don't know if with pod you could do this, but uh, for the last year, or however long, um, have OU and Texas play nothing but on. I'm all for uh, some wild stuff. Again, uh, I think maybe the last time, whenever whenever I decide I'm going to kill off Bosco's boys, the final live show, I'm going to tell all the stories of alleged funny business around this 2023 football schedule. Um, that is my promise to everyone. The final live show before Bosco's boys dies, I will say all these random funny business rumors, uh, that I have heard, uh, because there, there was a lot of funny business and Oklahoma and Texas decided to get some lawyers involved. Uh, so we're never going to hear those stories because Bosco boys is. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with everyone. There's like a 50, 50 chance that the show ends this spring. Uh, but we'll we'll cross that bridge if it comes. Uh, it'll it'll hit it'll hit its five year mark, which is uh, a month and ten days from now. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Cole, what would you like to see for the future of Big Twelve schedule? Okay, so this idea is not an original of mine. I've definitely seen other people say this before, but move the non conference invitational tournaments to be over the holidays, um, then we're not having conference home games when there's not even students there. And, uh, you know, figure out a way to where all the players can bring their flam- families over the Christmas holiday for these tournaments. Um, but my original idea I had is to set up a Manhattan versus Manhattan challenge where K-State every year plays a different New York-based school. Ooh, I like that one, Cole. I like that. That's a good one, especially with as much as we uh, are recruiting guys with, you know, some roots back in New York City. That's a great one, Cole. Uh, We'll go Jeff next. Jeff, any uh, creative ideas? What do you want to see with the future of Big 12 scheduling? Oh, not much. Um, I do like the conference challenges. Uh, I think you said, I didn't know this, is the Big Ten ACC challenge going away? Yep. Uh, so the Big Ten ACC challenge and the Big 12 SEC challenge are dead, and uh, ESPN is doing SEC uh, ACC. And uh, part of my uh, thing was like, all right, let's 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 pick up the Big Ten and have both of our challenges with Fox because uh, once uh, – Fox gets Big 12 basketball rights. The entire Big East Big 12 uh, battle will be on uh, Fox Network. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should team up with the Big 10. I love, I love those uh, those tournaments, those formats. It's just another game that I'm interested in instead of playing like Bradford or something like that. But maybe as a twist, you could have them all in one city. You know, wrote like one year it's in Indianapolis and then it's in Kansas City or Dallas and then in Chicago or something, something like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that that was part of my Big Twelve tip off 
uh, idea for a 19th Big 12 game. So I like the idea of having like one central location, having a bunch of basketball games. So I, I like that. That could be part of the Big 10 uh, battle as well. That would be fun. Indianapolis, Kansas City, Dallas, and then Chicago, uh, random cities in the Big 10 you know, footprint. So I, I like that idea as well, Jeff. Let's go to Ace next. Ace. All right. So first things first for the non-con schedule, we do meta research for any team that ends up in the top 25 to see which ones are fraudulent. So we face them. And then in Big 12 play, he set it up to have it to where it's 18 conference games, just like now. And K-State always gets to face the bottom nine. And just for Cali Mike, one of those games is played in San Francisco. So that way, K-State is always at the top forever until the end of time. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. And, hey, I, I want Cali Mike to be able to see K-State live. So uh, I'll talk to King Marco and see if we can keep getting a game scheduled out in the Bay Area on the road. Uh, we'll finish this one up with Zach. Zach, do you got anything for us? Yeah, not a whole lot to add. I just think that uh, moving permanently the Big 12 tournament to the newly renovated Stormont Vale Events Center in sunny Topeka, Kansas would be ideal. Hey, I, I would take it. Uh, you know, th- this is this is what I'm going to say. Um, Brett Yormark did a great job getting us a good TV deal. Uh, I just hope he keeps his, you know, New York City fingers off of uh, the Big 12 tournament. Uh, I, I think there's like at least a 33% chance that the 2028, 2027-2028, I forget what year, how much longer Kansas City has the contract for. I think there's at least a 33% chance that the Big 12 tournament is played in Brooklyn if uh, if Brett Yormark is a long-term commissioner. So, uh, I, I think folks should uh, buckle up. I think that's a very real chance. Um, but that's all we have, folks. This was a fun, fun episode. Um, we'll be going live next Wednesday. Uh, you know, pretty soon. You know, uh, you know, we might get to talk a little bit of uh, NFL Combine. Got four Wildcats there. Uh, spring practice will be here before you know it. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a fun time. It, it, it truly is a really exciting time to be a K-State fan. I think some folks try to say, oh, is this the golden age? But once again, folks forget, uh, you know, this isn't anything new for K-State. Being good at football, being good at basketball all at the same time. Uh, we went through, what, a five-year period where we were bowling and going to the NCAA tournaments, uh, winning Big 12 titles in both sports. Uh, no matter what random people on the internet who are trying to fight with you want to say, K-State is the bell cow for the new Big 12. And uh, I'm really, really happy uh, that we're getting to uh, experience this all again after, uh, you know, a not very fun three-year stretch for K-State basketball. With that being said, I want to tell everyone, I love you guys. Chauncey, the best dog in the world, he loves you all too. Uh, big two games coming up for uh, men's basketball. Uh, women's basketball, actually, we're showing up on some uh, women's bracketology. So if they could pull off uh, some upsets down the stretch, maybe they'll be dancing as well. Stay tuned. Uh, we will have, hopefully, a show with uh, the new volleyball coach. Eventually, you know, before this show dies, this is a promise. I will not end the show before I get Jerome Tang on the show. Uh, so hey if he keeps dodging us maybe we will go forever Uh, but we love you guys and I just want to say go Wildcats form on the modern fight. Glory 
fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. We taste a wildcat for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be. Podcast Network.